Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule. It's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today, like always, is Juliana. Say hello. Hi, everyone. How are you doing with the book that you're reading? You said you're 14... 14% into it. And it's a, it's a chunky book. It's a big book. It's a chunky book. So, And that's uh, Salvation uh, by Peter F. Hamilton yes. that we reviewed last episode. Since then, I have read another book. Um, you uh, did. And another part of a book. No, actually, since since Gideon the Ninth, I read um, The Vanishing Birds. You said you'd get to that next, but then you skipped ahead of that. So maybe I'll just go and review that book because you read half of that book. So maybe I read we half should, of it. Maybe we should just do a review of that because it's... it's so, get, it feels so... so it's uh, getting vaguer. Chaotic. Yeah, vaguer and vaguer in my mind. Anyway, yeah. so... So I got this email through saying, hey, well, there's a new Bobbyverse book out by whoever did Bobbyverse, something Taylor, Dennis Taylor, something like that. And I read the first Bobbyverse book, which was um, uh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, it was fine enough book. It's just not a kind of book for me. It's like the popcorn of popcorniest uh, science fiction <laughs> space opera exploring through. It's somebody pretty much want writing um, uh, Star Trek science fiction novels, but oh. with himself in every role because it's someone who duplicates Replicate, himself, yeah. replicates himself, duplicates himself in software and then can be everyone. So he can be Picard and Riker and Scotty and all these other, you know, anyone he wants to be, he can just, he can just write himself, which is fine. It's just not really for me, but it is super popcorn-y stuff. So the third book in that series or fourth book, whatever, the next in that series. And I got an email from a publicist saying, hey, we are representing, we are a publisher or whatever it is. And do you want that book? And also there's some other opportunities, including John Scalzi's um, series, The the, the Last Emperor. Oh, no, what is it? The, the series is The, the... Collapsing Empire. Yeah, in 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 his collapsing empire reverse or whatever they call them now, and doesn't it uh, have a different name in the series? Yeah, it's called the collapsing. Oh, interdependency. That's yes, it. Exactly. Inde I literally have it in my yeah. notes here. Interdependency. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you can send me that over if you've got it as an ebook. They didn't have an ebook, uh, and I was no way going to listen to the audiobook because it's by Will Wheaton, and I've been burnt by John Scalzi we Will Wheaton narrations before. Okay. See my review of Red Shirts, which was a. Fun book, a good book, but like it was. The audiobook was. Oh, it's awful. He just okay. can't. He 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 Isn't does. Will Wheaton, a, 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 an actor, a... and wouldn't it be good if he could act? Wouldn't it be great if when he was reading out one person, he would you could tell who like I would just listen to this Salvation. Yeah. Um, I didn't talk about the uh, the narration, but it's John Lee, I think, isn't it? So and yeah, John, John Lee, Lee is always is really great. Yeah. Anytime he starts saying anything by any person, yeah. I can tell via the accents, by the pitch of the voice, by everything, like who is talking at yeah. any time and uh, you know and there's plenty of conversations in that book oh yeah um, but if a book is mostly conversations and the person doesn't you, if you don't know who's speaking at any time and you have uh, to wait for the attribution to do it but you can't see the punctuation of where stuff anyway right. Will Wheaton makes listening to conversations Confusing. really painy, painful yeah. and this book is mostly conversations anyway interdependency number three I said yeah give it to me because I'm not I wasn't probably wasn't going to pay for the third book even in the trilogy it's only a trilogy yes and this is the third oh it starts off it says it's a it's a science fiction sequence is what they said at the start and I'm like what's a, a what's a sequence and I was like I know what a series is a series is something that keeps going and I yeah. know what a trilogy is and other things um but then at but the isn't end isn't a sequence like a repetition well a sequence is just one thing after another right? and one book after another like oh, the okay. culture is, is a series or maybe it's oh. a series yeah but I know what a series is because then that's kind of like a series of books but this was called the interdependency sequence a new okay. sequence of books and I think I mentioned that in a review I was like well how long is this it turns out in 
in the acknowledgements that John Scalzi is now saying that he planned it as a trilogy from the very beginning. Okay, so this is the last book. This is the last book. Okay. And it's the it's the collapsing empire. At the end of it, the empire collapses. And we... This was called this is called the last emperox and at the end of it is the last emperox, you know, that's what it is. And I read I think you read the first first the first book. The second as well? Don't remember. And that's the I thing. I don't know. You, these books are almost completely forgettable. Anyway, I don't want to go into this. I, I said before, um, if you support us on um, uh, on Patreon, uh, on my patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge, it's mostly juggling stuff, but there is a there is a level there of $25. If you support us at $25, you get to pick a topic for a video that I make or a topic for a juggling podcast that we talk about. Yeah. And a few people have done that. Um, but I was thinking if science fiction book review podcast listeners also want to support us on Patreon, which some, one person did. I think actually I didn't recognize the name their name is a juggler oh, nice. um, so maybe there's a the, that la so latest much. five dollar um patron supporter so if you are a science fiction book review podcast listener and you do support me on patreon send us a message just so i know that you're a science fiction book review podcast listener rather than a juggling uh, video watcher yeah anyway so um somebody uh, if, if somebody does support us at 25 dollars, we can just say um like yeah a book, pick the, a book that you want to do it but i said want to hear us yeah, talk about but i said pick, pick one of your favorite books or one you think that I like yeah. don't pick a book which you think I'm going to hate like Hominids or something <laughs> by Robert J Sawyer I said I'm not going to hate read a book for you yeah but when I said all right I'll review this Interdependency number three The Last mm. Emperor by John Scalzi to the publicist send over an ebook and they sent over a pdf but whatever I can read I borrowed it on I borrowed your big ipad to read it yes um because I can't read book size PDFs on my phone screen. Yeah. It's good enough for ebooks. I don't mind reading ebooks on my phone screen because I've yeah, got because a, an can, iPhone 10. Yeah, because you can change the uh, the font size yeah, yeah, and different layout, kind bigger, of smaller yeah. text. You can yeah. and also it just scales to however much you want to fit right. on the screen. With this one I had to, you know, had to have a full screen worth of text. Like yeah. it's like a PDF of that they would send to a publisher. Yeah. You know, you can kind of see the printing marks around yeah, the yeah. edge and things. Yeah. Um but I thought I think this these books are garbage. They are not very good books at all. Like okay. really, they're really not good stories. Maybe I should bring up my. Uh, what did uh, we say were the first? Well, let's have a look. Um, let me type in episode. I episode remember not. I remember. Hmm. The thing is, there is so, so much. I'm so bad with remembering stories uh, of uh, science fiction books. Yeah. That, I just have hazy, hazy memories, and I thought I liked. Yeah. Book? Okay. So we have we have uh, John Scalzi. Uh, let's, I'm trying to find it here. Okay. The the collapsing empire. We gave three stars. And interdependency number two. We gave three stars. It's like a yeah. It's a, it's it's an okay read. But here's the thing. It, the books, the stories aren't any good. Nothing is, is there is actually any good. But I can find enjoyment out of a garbage book and a garbage story with garbage plotting and garbage everything about it if the writing on a sort of like sentence by sentence way, like yeah. writing, yeah. is fun or funny or interesting with interesting turns of phrase. And John Scalzi is naturally a very good writer. Yeah. I read quite a lot of his blog posts. Not that I don't subscribe to his blog, but on the um, on the uh, newsreader that I have, there's a, like a social sharing thing. Quite right. a lot of people share his blog posts. So I'll okay. read the stuff. And he writes about all kinds of things. He writes about publishing and writing, but also he talks a lot about politics. Well, not also politics, but like, you know, American Life. news, American news <laughs> stuff. And the uh, yeah. uh, and because he's well known for that, when the, 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 uh, the novel, the 
collapsing empire comes out, you're like, oh, is this about uh, is this about America or yeah. something like this? No, it's about an empire, like a space empire. It's not. There's nothing relevant yeah. in this book to the current doesn't politics. Doesn't translate to. Doesn't translate at all. Our our places. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I read his writing on his blog, it's good. It's fun. It, it really flows. And um, so in this case, I thought I'm not interested at all how this story ends because the second book pretty much killed off any interest I had in mm. these characters because they just became flatter and flatter and more and more one-dimensional and they're not actually progressing in the first book it was interesting because everyone was set up you're like oh you're somebody who is like the second child of the emperor and you were never going to become emperor emperox yes. uh, and uh, you were never going to become the leader of the uh, the interdependency yourself you yeah. never thought it would but now you're being thrust into this thing and you've got to learn how to be um, and the how leader. to deal with the and politics how to deal with it, all the politics and the, everything and the, behind the well scene. not politics but deal with but other the, people scheming and things yeah. like that and then you've got these other people here you've got this job oh you're not going to do it. and you got this one and they kind of they were young there's like three main young people and some baddies as well that you find yeah. and they kind of find their way and they do that over the course of that first book in the second book they all arrive at the sa- no at the end of that first book they all arrive in mm. the hub world yeah and instead of being on different planets they're all kind of interacting with each other but what happens with these like really really basic I was going to say basic, that's a nasty way of saying it. But in these books, which are completely unchallenging, made for people who just love kind of like, and then everyone at the end, you win and you get a title and you get a title and you get a title. If at the end of the first book, everyone gets a title and is then powerful, they don't have anywhere to go up. Yeah. And so you want to keep, then you have to knock them down. But John Scalzi doesn't want to get them, doesn't want to make anyone too uncomfortable so they don't get knocked down very far. And then at the end of the second book, they're all back where they were again. Yeah. And then they start this third book, they sit there and there's another. So it's like this very like flat, like flat storytelling where it people aren't progressing. doesn't go particularly up and down. Yeah, it's this okay. kind of thing. Like you get okay. the will they, won't they kind of stuff in yeah. sitcoms. Or will they get together, won't they get together, will they yeah. get together, won't they get together. Yeah. And then they get together. And what's the literally the next thing that can possibly happen? Let me point at you. They get a part again. Either or they get a baby or they get married, oh, yeah. if you know what I mean, like yeah. in that kind of sitcom soap opera kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, you, and it's, it's a bound, bound what, what way. I, what I experienced in these kind of things, though, watching yeah. my uh, comfort TV series Castle again, yeah. is like, it's this play between, uh, like, they... They're, they're there, they're, 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 they're together. Yeah. And then something happens and then there's a misunderstanding yeah, or something. Misunderstanding. And then they're apart again. Yeah, yeah. But and again, uh, this is not so appropriate. I'm just saying no. that once you get to the point where every, when like literally the, the like partway through or like the start of the first book or something like that, you're like, and now all of our characters, all our main characters have all found their love interest and they're all in really nice, fun, interesting relationships. Yeah. And you're like, that's not actually... Then it's very difficult to have character growth because you want everyone to like them. So you yeah. can't have everyone... They can't have any big misunderstanding, yeah. which isn't... You can't have anybody actually betray somebody or do anything which is a big misunderstanding. Anyway, I don't want to get too much into this. But what I want to say is that getting into this book, I knew that I didn't really care about it. And I, think, and I thought it was going to be garbage writing. So here's the thing. I had to make this book... Um, I had to make this book into an enjoyable reading experience for me. So this time I thought I would keep track of the kind of writing style which annoys me really much with some examples for you. Okay. And I went through it chapter by chapter and, and to, to go through... Uh, and picked like, out things that... 
No. No. Well, yes, I tried to pick out things that happened. Let me put it this way. Because, and I'm going to, this, this is going to, this, this whole bit that I'm going to do now is going to draw to a very important point about life in 2020. Okay. And that, why this book is like the most 2020, 2019, 2020 book that I've ever read. Okay. Like it is, it is super current in this way. Right. Which, when, but it's a broader meta point, which I'm getting to. Oh, no, right. Yeah. When you, when you got the, the, the PDF and you started reading. Yeah. Uh, and you started reading and I, presumed that you would stop reading because you kept saying like, oh, mm, yeah, uh, mm, it's not, meh, and, and then you, you kind of... No, I think I said it's garbage, but also eating McDonald's is garbage and sometimes I get a craving for McDonald's. But you have to, you have to go into these things knowing what is going to be... Um, what you're going to get. Know what you're going to get. And like I say, find a way of observing it in a way that is fun for me right. because I rate these books out of how much enjoyment I get from reading them. Okay. And I said this before, like if we if we have a good conversation about a book and it's really funny to talk about it. It elevates it. It elevates my yeah. enjoyment of the book, but then I'm not reviewing the book, I'm reviewing yours and my relationship and how much we enjoy talking to each other. True. If we read the book or if I'm telling you about it. So going into this, I had in my mind this. So I'm saying a lot of my enjoyment of this book is me bringing my own like, oh, I'm hate reading this book kind of thing going yeah. into it. <laughs> okay. But it's a great book to hate read. Um, there's a style of writing mm. which yeah. uh, which I first noticed or first the first main example, the uh, example of this was um, On Basilisk Station. Right. Um, by, uh, can't remember the author. Weber. It, yeah, Weber. Oh yeah, David Weber, maybe. And yes. uh, it's this Honor Harrington book. Yeah. And I realised that what was happening, that people, there was some action at the start, and there was some action at the middle, and there was some action at the end. But in between that, it was lots of people, the, the chapter would start, the, yeah. they would either, they would do some what I call musings now, they would do some musings about what has happened to them since their last chapter. Okay. Then they would have a conversation with somebody about else. It about it or about you know yeah about what's happened now and then they say what do i want to do in the future and then they would talk to each other and say what they want to do in the future right and then that as they're like and now let's go do it and then the chapter would end and then their next chapter would pick up with them some talking some, about what they did talking about what they did since right. the last time they talked about so what we they were going to do so we don't actually experience the yeah, what we they don't want see, to except for the action at the start right. and some action in the middle yeah. and some action at the end there was nobody actually you never actually saw people doing anything but you had a lot of people meeting up with each other talking about what they did since the last time yeah saying what they want to do by the the next time that they meet or what they're going to do by the next chapter and then the next chapter isn't them doing that is the next chapter is picking up when they're having a conversation about, about it, it later. the same way that they talked about before so let mm. me so i went okay. through this book at chapter by chapter i actually wrote down what happened okay prologue something happens to someone on the planet called end okay but something happens to someone and then a conversation which ends with something happening to them okay so in other words i remember this with with end yes there's yeah there's, this, a, there's this a planet thrown person the, yeah. the interested person in the throne and yeah. then they get cut off or something. yeah they get cut off and they down not end right okay so so but two things happen to one person something yeah. happens to him yeah. and then he has a conversation and then something happens to him and then then the the action goes el el elsewhere. It goes back to the the, the, the hub the world, yeah. hub world. And then we so I'm going to go through chapter one: a board meeting, and then something happens to someone. Two: a meeting, and then a conversation. Chapter three: a conversation. Four: a conversation about things that they did since their last conversation. Five: is two conversations. Chapter six: is a conversation followed by another conversation. 
Chapter seven is a meeting. And then we get to book two. And I wrote down book two, like we're like a third of the way through the book already. And nothing has happened in book oh, this one. Is, this is like the This the is chapter by chapter. The, yeah, yeah okay, like they in, call in, them books. Yeah, in book oh, okay. one, book two, book three, which is just sort of like, you know, part one, part two. Yeah, part three. Okay. And then it goes, um, chapter eight, not a conversation, but also no work, no action. So we, it, for that, it kind of goes it goes out into this wide view and says, here's what the world's like at the right. moment in a very kind of John Scalzi, this is this, you know, sort of like pure, like info dump, what? going on in the way yeah. but no there's nobody doing anything it's just sort of this is the situation and yeah. I was like mm, that would actually been a really good place, thing to do in chapter one at the start of book one because nothing happens in book one right it, except that two things happen to the people in the in those chapters and yeah. then the chapter ends straight away and then uh, chapter nine is a meeting where they talk about what they did since their previous chapter then there's a dream and he did something in the dream and then he remembered something uh, chapter 10 is an unplanned meeting and then a walk and talk a walk and talk meeting so an unplanned hey can we talk yes but i've got to get to this meeting so they walk and right. they talk at the same time but unlike in these movies or anything where you have a walk and talk which is to make the scenery change and, and something interesting while and they do walk yeah yeah. It's just a walk and talk. They could have just been talking to each other. Anyway. We didn't see what they were walking past or how where they were going okay. or anything like that. 11 is a series of meetings and then a conversation. Number 12 is a meeting and then a post-sex... And I said another post-sex conversation. A lot of these conversations happen with the two people who are in a relationship. Oh, right. We don't get to see them having sex. We just we just have the afterglow of them sex and they both right. kind of think, oh, that was really good sex. And now the conversation, I'm like, look, if the people are having sex and you want it to be quirk, like if you want it to be fun, but there's no sex in this book. There's just people having conversations after they have sex. Okay. And then there's a meeting and then something happens to, to somebody. And then, and I put in brackets, it ends before any reaction. So something important happens. Right. And you hear, you read that something important happens, and then the it just the chapter cuts off, and they go elsewhere. So we don't see any reactions to okay. that. Okay, so we um, are only are left with our own reaction. We're to like, what oh, we... what could go down? And we yeah. go somewhere else, and we don't know what else happens. Right. Chapter thirteen is a conversation about another thing someone did since their previous chapter. Then another conversation, and then she actually did something during a conversation. What she did is she had an idea. Now all of these things. Every single time I'm talking about these conversations, you think people would come to realizations in their conversations. They would mm. learn things in their conversations, mm -hmm. but they never do. All the conversations is, since the last chapter, I had an idea, and now I'm going to tell you about the idea I had. Since the last chapter, I learned something, and now I'm going to tell you what I have learned. Okay, but not... It's not unfolding. We never while see anyone learn it. anything. It's the person talking of since then. Yeah, I, I... learned this. Since then, yeah. I discovered this. Since then, I did this. Okay. And in this case, she hears some information, thinks about it, not within dialogue, but she actually thinks about it and then says, actually, what I want to do is this. Yeah. She made a decision. It took 13 chapters for this character to make a decision. Right. Again, You think that they're going to make decisions in these, they're going to learn something new and make decisions, but it's never that way. The main characters tell people things and people kind of react to them. They either agree or disagree, right. but generally they agree because all our characters are so clever that when they say in a meeting, here's what we're going to do, everyone goes, okay, yeah. I guess we'll yeah. do it that way. You've told me exactly everything that you want and all your motivations. Okay, so chapter 14 is some musings, a conversation, and then some more musings. Chapter 15 is a conversation about interesting things that happened since their previous chapter. And then someone le reads a letter explaining the motivations for other people's previous actions. And then she did something. And what she did is she ripped up the letter that she got, put in a toilet and pissed on it 
and then there's some more musings. So it, again, this this character did something. One of the first things that she decided to do in the book, and then that we, we actually read, read her doing, which wasn't a conversation, which wasn't didn't happening between chapters, which wasn't her describing or musing about things. Yeah. Something we actually read her doing was pissing on a piece of play, paper, and then she said, and then it actually ends. I made a note of this, and it says, um, uh, uh, what did I say? Uh, Okay. She had 15 days and just under a couple of hours to do it. So Kiva got to work and then the chapter ends. And I was like, we don't see her doing the work. Oh. And I was really disappointed. However, I'm going to come back to that in a second. And then chapter 16 is another character. Some musings about what happened since his previous chapter. Oh, a conversation. Oh, hey, hey. Some more Calm musings. Down. A conversation. Too fast now. And then... I said, did something happen, question mark? And I was like, yeah, someone asked the questions and then I had a conversation about their motives. But that was an important question. There was like one important question for that okay. person in, in that we actually saw. Chapter 17 is a conversation where someone tells someone else their motives for something that they did previously. Chapter 18, I actually put story, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, because this is Kiva. You know, I said she, she had three weeks or she had how many days? And so Kiva got to work and I was really disappointed because up until now, anytime someone says, and then they went to do something, Thing. Like she decided to do something and we didn't get to see it. But here, chapter 18 of 24 chapters is the first time we actually see, read somebody doing something yes. like going, ah, I need to do this. How am I going to achieve it? Working through what they did step by step, actually reading what they did, not yeah. them later telling about it. Yeah. He actually says this person sat down here, listened to this conversation, did got this information, made these decisions, convinced these people. And so chapter is actually somebody doing it within one chapter. And it was happening not between that chapter and the next and her telling about it. And I was like, John Scalzi is really good. This is a really fun story. We're actually getting a story. It's yeah. like a story. Yeah. You know, it's like in this um, in this uh, Salvation book by Peter F. Hamilton, when they're all sitting around and they're like, oh, right, and now we're going to tell you the story. We actually, you actually see people doing stuff. That, yeah. that, you know, Callum and Yuri, it's yeah, like the, the, the person walks from here to there, notices that, are, sees that, yeah, meets that these this people. This happens and this is how they act. This is how they, this come, something happens. Yeah. They react to it. They yeah. make de some decisions yeah. and then they decide to do something else. And we see them go yeah. through that. And also, it's not only people thinking in their heads about stuff, but it's also because the because the, the the situation asks for immediate reaction yeah you don't see people thinking long time oh okay now I need to sit down okay the situation yeah. is this there's and no this time for long conversations no, exactly. between people Things explaining their motives and people have to act upon it so anyway chapter yeah. 18 I mean the story itself is fun it's quirky it's completely trivial irrelevant and it's just an idiot plot because all the people like everyone is going up against people who are just more idiot than them yeah. and it's like a con is like a competition of who can be slightly less stupid than other people yeah. like the poli there is no politics in this book it's just saying I want to be powerful no I want to be powerful no I want to be powerful well I'm powerful and I notice that you want to be powerful and so I'm going to use my power to you know kill you slash you know send you away slash yeah. put you in jail and yeah. now I have you know it's just it's pathetic and we never actually see anybody being put in jail we just hear people saying like someone will just be in jail and we're like hmm, how did I end up here and then they'll have a conversation about how they ended up okay so then um, book three starts uh, oh no, uh, chapter 19 is a conversation, then there's a series of meetings, and then as the last meeting starts, Chekhov 
Chekhov's gun goes off. I'm not going to explain what happens there, but something is there. There, and then book three starts, and chapter twenty starts with. Uh, there's only four more uh, to five more chapters to go, and then chapter twenty is a meeting where someone says what they plan to do and all of their motivations. Yeah. Uh, chapter twenty one is some catching up, you know, uh, of you know that world outside world else. view catching up. Yeah. Then a conversation where someone is asked what they will do next. Chapter twenty two is a conversation. Something happens to somebody, and then. Uh, 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 What's I say? Then skill the emotion. Oh, right. Yeah. And then they skip the emotional stuff for a conversation. So here's the thing. For example, there's there's these things in the book. Let's say something emotional, an emotional thing happens. Like in this case, some as an example, somebody dies. Mm. And so they say, and then they learn that this person dies. But then instead of seeing their reaction or reading the action, and and then for two weeks he was very very lonely. And it's like you don't actually see Mm. them being lonely or sad. And there's a grieving period. And then there's a grieving, and it all just skips forward and said, oh, the last two weeks have been really really bad. And I'm like. You can't do that way. So uh, 23 is some musings, then a skip past the events they mused about. Then there's a speech about what someone did since their last chapter and all of their motivations. And then we skip past the immediate reaction to that speech. So, and here's the speech. And at the end of the speech, I declare this. Chapter ends. And then we skip forward to a conversation where someone explains their motives for doing something we didn't see. And then there's another conversation. And then there's another conversation. And then there's another conversation. And then the book ends with an epilogue. Where we go back to, you know, at the start, there's something happens to someone, the prologue, or something yeah. happens to someone, and then the conversation where it ends with something happening to them. The rest of that takes us away. And then the whole story that was set up in the prologue, yeah. the first time that we return to it, back to is end, the epilogue. is the epilogue. And what we then have is a three to four paragraph summary of everything that's happened on an entire planet. <laughs> and then the book ends. Okay. It's it felt like such a huge fuck you that all the politics and stuff was happening on Hub and there's a civil war going on on end. Yeah. It feels like John Scalzi wants to write about like that's what he's interested <laughs> yeah. in. Or he's like saving it for another book, but we already know how it's gonna end. And it literally ends with like, well, that battle was a bit of a damp squib because the powerful people had more power than the other ones and just decided that there wasn't gonna be a battle, so there wasn't a battle. And I was like, oh really? And what happened down on the planet where there's this big rebellion, insurrection, civil war going on? Uh, three chapters. Like it's it's not the whole story, like there is literally three things that happen to yeah. somebody yeah. where we where after it happens to them, we have time to see them working out what they want to do next yeah. and doing what's next. Every single other time, like like there's quite a few people die in this book. They all die one sentence before the end of the chapter. Okay. And then we don't see... Sometimes it takes weeks and weeks and weeks for us to catch up with what's going on, which, what the immediate fallout from that is. Yeah. And the immediate fallout is always, well, let's look back over the last three weeks and pick out some of the things that I've been feeling, you know. All of the times, like I said, there's idiot plots. Like there's, there's this example, there's this one point where someone says, oh, we need to do this thing and you're the, the leader of the church and mm. you need to do this until you do this thing we can't do it yeah and it would be like and the move the political move is actually really good what the leader of the church is let's say the pope let's say and so what the pope does or no it's the archbishop okay so what the archbishop does is they say okay well well well, i don't want to say what they said what they did is resign their post so then there's no uh no, like, there's no religious leader. There's no religious leader. There's yeah. a temporary one, like an interim archbishop of whatever, yeah. but there isn't a real one. And so that delays what needs to happen yeah. until they can get together all the bishops and archbishops and then right. they can have their conclave and they yeah. can decide who's going to be the next leader of the church. And that introduces a big delaying tactic. Yes. But they don't just do that. 
We don't see them do it. What we see is when said, hey, you need to do this job. And they're like, ah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this. And then my motivations are this. And that will lead to this. And they actually tell their direct political enemy what they're going to do in advance, why they're doing it, all of their motivations for doing it. We, and that, that isn't that isn't just a, a tactics to get no because they they did it anyway them off. and I'm like wouldn't it have been amazing if they said oh you need me for that great and then the conversation ends and, and even if you want action. and if but <laughs> even if you want some even if you want to do it all with conversations what you could do is then say like that you could pick up in their next chapter and be like what the fuck that person is. They said they were going to do, they said they, they they were going to do it. And now they didn't. They've resigned and now there's this big deal. We can actually see people like having emotional reactions to something that happened, which surprised them. But so much of this, we never see people's reactions to something mm. that surprises them. Sometimes because they are told what is going to happen in advance and all the motivations of the person who is going to do that to them. <laughs> or something happens to them and then the chapter ends and then we don't see what, we don't see their immediate reaction all the time i hated the previous book because at the end there was a sort of like hey there's this big coup and what they do is they have this magical box where they just know everything do you remember reading yeah, this yeah that last chapter and like then the, it's sort of like and now bit... i win you're in jail you're in jail you're in jail you're yeah. in jail you're in jail you get to be king you get to be duke you get this title you get this title you yeah. get this title and then it ends and we're like what was the political fallout from that and we get like one epilogue chapter which is a conversation to be between two people going oh you're very clever oh yes i am very clever and then it ends up like what what the we have to wait until this book till we see that thing and we get that through lots of lots conversations. of conversations with people yeah so here's the thing conversations between people can be okay but it what we're constantly it we're constantly denied seeing people's or even getting any of their emotional so i, I made some examples here um uh it says, Cardenia recalled the ending. Hers, what happened was there was a conversation that happened. And then someone was like, hey, you're not keeping the secret from me, are you? And it goes, um, like that. Hmm. And then it skips forward. And then we get the wrapper. And then we get the, the bit where she's musing about what happens there. Hmm. Cardenia recalled ending the conversation of Marcy's presentation run through, which had, much to Cardenia's dismay, dissolved into the couple's first true and actual fight. But we, and then I made a note, why not show us that fight? Instead, we hear that it happened later. Um, and that's really annoying because, like, if this is a couple's, like, up until now, we've oh, it's all been the goody goody, yay, we're having nice yeah. post sex conversations. We're never seeing the sex, but we're seeing the nice post sex yeah. conversations and all that. And I'm like, oh, great. What this needs is in a soap opera thing, they need to have a big misunderstanding and a fight, <laughs> yeah. and then we get to see it. Yeah. And they had a misunderstanding, and we, they had a fight, but what we and had. The fight needs to happen in our head. We have to have it happen in our head because all we do is get both people later thinking back about the fight. And then they run through all the motivations about why they had the fight and what they were thinking at the time. But it doesn't come out in... Again, that yes. could happen in a conversation. If you just want to do conversations, it's fine. But we keep yeah, skipping yeah. forward okay. over the drama. Now, I have a very important point to make Yes. Here. Can I interrupt here? Yeah, of course. Point? Okay. You're not interrupting. We're having a conversation. Right. <laughs> now, um, you can see that as frustrating that everything only happens in conversation post or pre-happening. Yeah. Or you could say the author mm -hmm. wants the reader to have an amazing creative mind and play it all he's out. He's not doing in, the work. In, yes, but yeah, he's not doing the work. But he lets all the, like, he lets the reader be the 
the fantasy person that fantasizes about the action. So yeah. the action can take place in your head the way you want it and not how the way the uh, author wants. How about yeah, that? But there is sure that's fine, but that's the author's job isn't to say, here's some conversations and fill in the blanks in between. Okay. You work out what happened in between this. You know, there's so many times uh, for, um, it, it, like, for example, there's there's this one character who is a artificial intelligence who used to be a king. Right. You know, do you remember that character from the second book? Maybe. No. Okay. Maybe you didn't read the second book. But what happens is it says, uh, it says um, at one point sort of like, well, how did you, how were you deposed as king? You know, like, what was the coup like? And yeah, it's sort of like something, something. The lo longer version would take a lot of time. And it sounds like an interesting story, but then we skip over it. And my note is like, tell me, I'm longing for someone to tell me a story. So it's sort of like, imagine someone said, hey, there's this really, really exciting thing that happened to me. You now imagine the really exciting thing that happened to me. Go. Yeah, I can, I can, I can come up with something. Fun. Exactly. And now, and I'm like, right, with that really exciting thing that happened to me in mind, I'm going to tell you how I felt about it. Okay. That's that's what this person does in this one of these characters. This character literally does that. They said, I could tell you this really exciting long story, but I'm going to skip to the point where I tell you how I just just how I feel about it. Okay, so it's like having a fairy tale which starts like once upon a time. There was a prince, and in the end, he got the princess. No. And everything in the between, how would they no, got? No, it's not even that. No. It's not even that. And this brings me onto the, the the meta points that I wanted to make and why <laughs> this is such a 2019, 2020 right. book. Yeah. Media consumption at the moment. Put it this way. I like I like um, uh, listening to podcasts where people talk about books. Yeah. What we're doing now. Right. Okay. Yes. So, uh, we're you're listening. Like people now are listening to us talk about this book. Yes. What they could, and we're, we're telling them about our emotional reactions to this book and what we think about this book. Very much so. But we're talking about something that's happened to us. Yes. Or what we have done. Like, yes. I read this book and now people are listening to my conversations about something that happened since the last time they heard a conversation about happening. Right. Which is, which is me reading, uh, us reading a previous book or me exactly. reading a previous they don't, book. They don't hear about Luke then goes uh, into the bedroom, gets out the iPad, yeah, flicks yeah. through the pages. Don't need all of that. But because yeah. what you're doing is you're, st you're just streamlining just to the point where you actually want to hear my opinions, my motivations, my emotion, emotional reaction to things. Yeah. Um, but like... If you wanted to have those same emotional reactions yourself... You would read the book. You would read the book. Yes. Okay. And that's the that's you deciding that you don't want to um, hear what I'm listening to. Like, you, you're not listening to people telling you what you would... Uh, what emotions you might feel if you read the book. Yes. If you read the book, you can feel those emotions firsthand. You can feel the frustration firsthand that the, this book you, is exactly feel, the same as the previous book. Or you maybe uh, feel, feel different emotions. Very delighted. Different emotions. And then there's that next step that you're reading in a book about people doing things. Okay. Talking things. Talking, talking about things. The things talking things. Do. So what we're actually doing is that in this book, people have a conversation about politics. Yeah. And I read that, and now I'm having a conversation with you about me reading about people having a conversation about politics. And then people listen to us, and then the same thing happens when I was talking to you. I was like, oh, I'm listening to these this Friendly Fire podcast, and I'm going through back back through some of their uh, back things. Back yeah. And there, and now I'm talking to you about me listening to people having a conversation about them about them watching a movie where other people are, are pretending, are having conversations in the movie and they're actually having the conversation. So we're, we're already deep into this. Yes. But the thing is, in a book, the book is fiction. 
Yeah. People aren't actually doing something. An author is coming up with that. So you've got that other level. Yeah. But then at the base of it, like you could be doing, like you, it's a book about people doing something. Mm -hmm. So maybe in a book, somebody goes out for a bike ride. Mm. So what we could have is we could have somebody going out for a bike ride, but not really. Somebody writing about somebody going out for a bike ride, but not really. Some people talking about people themselves going out for a bike ride to somebody else in the book. Then we read the book, I read the book, have emotions about that. And then I talk to you about it and you have emotions about it and then people listen to us talking about it and that you, you understand what i'm saying yeah it's it, it's deep and this book is literally what it feels like to listen to people talking about watching a movie and what their emotions are about it because all of this book is is people telling people what's gone on yeah and their so motivations a... and their emotional reactions to it so what it's I'm a saying, reaction book no this a... this book isn't like reading a book this book is like reading people. It's it's like reading conversations that people are having about the things that are happening around them. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. I know it's a weird meta point, but no, like no, but if you're actually into politics, like if you're into, interested in politics, what you should be doing is going out and doing politics. Yes. Instead, this book is a book written by somebody who likes politics, creating conversations about people who are politicians, but not doing politics, and instead having conversations about that. Yeah. And then you read this book. So this book is like listening to... Po like, John Scolzi has written a book which feels like listening to podcasts about people who are watching movies that you don't watch. Yes. Like you, like if I listen to an audio, if I listen to a podcast, like say on, on a, like an incomparable podcast, if it's just about a TV show that I've never watched, I'm not going to listen to that. If it's about a book I've read, I will do it because I want to be exposed to those other opinions. Yes. But I'll listen to them talking about books either to get book recommendations myself or I've read the book and I want to see what they feel what they like. Think. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it is based on me also having a valid first-hand experience with the book or with the movie or with some But we can't media. have that with the story. We can't have that with this story because that's, this story doesn't exist except in the conversations that people are having about the things that are happening to them. Yes. It's impossible for us to actually experience this. So this book isn't just li like listening to a podcast about something that you haven't seen, like mm -hmm. listening to a movie podcast about a, a movie that you've not seen. Reading this book is like listening to a podcast where people discuss a movie which doesn't exist and you can't see hmm. you understand yes it's like he's cut off that level of participation yeah. and i'm somebody and i realized this before that i've been to some uh, you know when i see people going to um like gaming conventions or whatever gaming conventions make sense to me because you can go there you can be around lots of other people who like games and yeah. you can also play games yes whereas some things like these you know like these movie conventions or whatever it is you know like these um, comic cons or whatever yeah. you're going there and you're surrounded by other people who like that thing yeah but you're not you're not there reading comic books or you're not there watching the movie i mean you can watch you know previews or whatever and there is some way to do it yeah. but mostly you're there to be around other people who are talking about the thing that you're doing but with comic-con the only thing that you're doing is consuming somebody else you're not actually doing it yourself right does that make sense yeah like it's like if you're i mean of course if you're doing cosplay i mean there are participatory things that you do where you're actually doing the thing yeah but it's sort of like that's why i say this book feels like very media consumption to 2020 2019 because it's it's based on that people are happy not having experiences themselves but just hearing other people talking about the experiences that they've had yes does that make sense yes, i know that's much. very long no, and rambling no, but i understand but it's it's like me uh being in isolation being at home yeah not going to work yeah 
and uh, sitting on the couch. And I find myself doing that because it kind of it kind of calms my mind yeah. a bit a bit in a way. Reading through Twitter, reading yeah. what people are reacting are to, reacting to what happens somewhere else yeah. where I'm not. Everything and... that you're doing is mediated through a conversation that other people are having. Yes. And when you read a book, what you're actually wanting to do is, like for me, if I read a book, what I want to do is not have that experience of the story that is happening in the background of the book being you, mediated to me through a conversation in the you foreground. You want to actually I want to see that story happening. through the, the, the but things happening. But here's the thing. People die and we're not exposed to the uncomfortableness of people dying. Yeah. All of, the, all of that uncomfortableness of people dying is, is shielded to us from... Uh, from us and we experience that through people having conversations about how they feel and these yeah. musings where it's it's filtered through yeah. time it's filtered through other conversations yeah it it's way bit... more comfortable watching like we sit on the couch and we were in a moment we we're into mountain biking and things because we yeah. live in the country and you know i can't do juggling so much and all that kind of stuff and so we're watching other people doing mountain biking mm -hmm. but that doesn't have the same enjoyment except that we also go out on our bikes and mountain bike as yeah. well yeah. it's something that we can enjoy other people doing because we're looking at it like oh i'd really enjoy riding down that path mm. because or i'd really enjoy riding over that obstacle because we also can go out on our bikes and ride over that right. and do that kind of stuff it's yes. something we're enjoying other people we're enjoying watching other people have fun but doing we, mountain we biking we don't see other people sitting talking about other, going people. other yeah. people going out doing mountain biking. Now, if you're a really good fan, you could do. I mean, I listen to I listen to some sports podcasts, and yes. it's not sportscasts about people who are doing the sports. It's journalists talking about the people doing the sports. Right. But you can do that if you're a fan of that. But also, you can do what they do, which is watch those same tennis matches or watch that same Formula One race. Yes. You can have the same experience of the excitement of watching the race yeah. or the excitement of watching the tennis match, the tennis podcast they did this Wimbledon Relived. Yeah. And I actually showed you oh, yeah. like this title. We actually watched... Uh, uh, what was it Bob, uh, Bob McEnroe because yeah. you hadn't known that match and no. that's a match that they would just put on every time it rained at Wimbledon they would just put that tie break on mm -hmm. and things stuff like that uh, and put on you know the, the tie break in the last set of Bob yeah. McEnroe so I'd seen that match not live because it happened like in 19... 78 or whatever it was but that's um, a match that I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just saying it was a long time ago um and then and then uh, we watched we actually and then there was another what did I show you I showed you the uh Ivanisevich um uh, Pat Rafter uh tie break in the final oh, yeah. as well which you had never seen but I watched yeah. live so again it's that thing that I can do it and then after you experiencing that watching Borg McEnroe and you know watching these other bits and pieces I'd actually had to show you some clips of John McEnroe and how he acted which was like legendary <laughs> but you you didn't grow up seeing no, John McEnroe and Wimbledon in replays he, and things I didn't know that it actually was like that yeah it was like that so that's the thing but then when I listen to other people having a conversation it's great because I can also have, have the same experience connection. I can also re-watch this match I right. can also also rewatch this tie break and also watch a movie about it. I can, you know, get a different angle into yeah. the story. Yeah. And it's fine. But reading this book is like that everything being mediated through a conversation without the possibility of actually watching the Borg McEnroe uh, tie break again. Yeah, without or watching actually the watching Ivanisevich Sampras. Without actually watching no, not the, Sampras, um, the, the way Rafter. that the the guy, the king yeah. got uh, kicked off his throne. Yeah. We don't know. We, we, we don't know. No. We only have a conversation about it later. But again, he could have it could, that story could have been told within the point, conversation. Yeah. Again, it's not that a lot of the story happens in conversation. I've got no problem of, put it this way, I wouldn't have a problem 
with a book which was mostly people talking about what they'd done since the last time because it's fun writing. The conversations are fun. Mm. The characters, I mean, they all sound exactly like John Scalzi, but one of them <laughs> swears a lot and the other one is a lesbian or whatever like that. You know, it's it's very it's yeah. very much like the same sense of humour from everyone, but it's a good sense of humour. The yeah. conversations flow. Enjoyable. It's great. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting to see that sparring, but at the end of the sparring, somebody gets shot and you don't see how anybody reacts. Yeah. It, only through more stuff. So, that's the thing and that's why I say it feels it feels like a part- it feels like something that could be participatory mm. participatory whatever the word <laughs> is but that's being taken away from us and all we do is it's just filtered now into people talking about it and of course now people are listening to us talk about this book and they're like well I haven't read the book if you but the thing is it's possible for you to read this book and to have the same reaction to this book as I did yeah. and then hear my opinions about it and go ah yeah that's true for example let's just head over to the uh, um, the uh, book here as well I noticed this this, uh, thing by uh, Colin Forbes to the large extent my thoughts are open the review for Consuming Fire book 2 in the series select all copy paste <laughs> <laughs> Which is to say, it's typical scholarly, heavy on dialogue, fast paced, irrelevant. You know, but it's this, uh, but it's this thing where you like Colin Forbes can now listen to my review and go, yes, now I un- like it's a it, this can be like a clarifying experience to hear people talking about something which you have also experienced firsthand. Yes, but it's not a clarifying experience listening to people talk about something which you haven't experienced it firsthand yet. However, I sometimes listen to uh, like a, a movie review or something and then I'll, uh, on a podcast, and then I'll watch the, watch the movie myself and I'll have a different view of it because maybe I've watched it before or maybe it's the first time. But by hearing about people saying, oh, this character is really great, mm. it means that when I see that character arrive, I'm like, oh, I sit forward and I notice new things about them. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear like, oh, this whole thing was, this whole thing was improvised. There was no script for this or uh, this part never meant to happen and this, you know, in the gladiator, this person yeah. died and they had to replace it if you yeah. go into a movie knowing that when it actually comes along you can get um, it, you can get more it, out of yes. it even if you it's your first time watching it you're going into something with the uh, with the knowledge and experience to, of you, other people of, of everything yeah. around you like yeah. you are going in as a, a complex person with experiences that other people might not have and then you have an, a different understanding of what's going on yeah yes so i wanted to say something with the uh, with the people dying it reminds me a little bit of how um, I, I consume a lot about the research that's going on, Corona yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I get like these uh, statistical updates. Yeah. It's like, okay, yesterday uh, X amount of people got infected. Yeah. X amount of people died. Yeah. It's a very rational uh, reduction to yeah. uh, numbers. Numbers. Cases, t- yeah. Yeah, positive test cases, hospitalizations, deaths. Is, and, is those and, are the three kind of things. And people who are uh, healthy again, which yeah. doesn't always mean healthy, but no. they, they don't be they're not, in, not considered care, yeah. in, 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 um, infected anymore. Yeah. So uh, it's like this very rational, okay, these are the numbers. Uh, and it's, it's really weird because I'm sitting here uh, at home, yeah. separated from everybody else, uh, not actually experiencing it. Yeah. So... That reminds me a bit of what you said with the, oh, and then at the end, somebody died. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Somebody important dies and then you see the political fallout three chapters later after mm. some of stuff in between. And then it's at this really wide view of sort of like, mm, somebody important died. Well, there has to be like a period of mourning and there has to be this yeah. and there has to be that. But we don't see anybody mourning, you yeah. know, like, and again, that's, that can, like I say, it could be fine mm. like i'm not and that's what i realized it, it's not that all the chapters are people just telling people what happened since the last time or whatever but it's we're denied the participatory experience 
We're not taking part in people's emotional journeys. No, because literally there's like three or four points in this entire book where we see somebody not know something, learn something, make a decision, and then reply to it or act, act on, on it, it in some way. Yeah. And in a whole book, I don't want that, which for me is kind of like when you bring down what story is, what character development is, what drama is. Like, I don't want that to only happen like three or four. I'm struggling to think of more than two examples in the entire book. Right. And on top of that, it's made worse by, for example, someone, Darren here, sort of like, that was, someone says, he says something, someone says, that was a good line, by the way. And Darren beamed, thank you, Proster. And I'm like... Line. A good line. Well, he said something which is a clever turn of phrase, which John Scalzi wrote. Yes. And then John Scalzi wrote somebody else telling that person that's a good turn of phrase. And then John Scalzi wrote one of his characters saying, thank you for that compliment so about like a, my... He taps himself on the shoulder. Yeah, there's quite a there's quite a bit of that. And there's sort of like these references to people realising that they're in it. Sort of like, oh, I did a heel turn. And I'm like, why are you using like wrestling storyline things about yourself? If, you, if you're saying I did a heel turn or there, there's been a big heel turn, a heel turn. What's that? Oh, it means that somebody who used to be good, a good person in the story, right. they, they switch and they become bad. For, okay. for, and in wrestling, you need it because you, you always need you always need someone to boo uh, at. Villain, you need someone yeah. to cheer at. And, you need, and so they introduce some new characters who are like the like the. Uh, and uh, if you have two people who are previously the the cheering person. Yeah, you just do a heel yeah. turn. You're like, oh, you used to cheer for this, and now you want them to boo at them. And yeah. if they're a good wrestler and their uh, the you know their wrestling skills and their charisma can still come through even when they do a heel turn, they're like, oh, the Rock used to be good, and now he's beating up this young guy. It's sort of like, yeah, we actually want to we want so we want we know that the Rock is really. I'm not sure if the Rock ever. Did a heel turn, you know, uh, but it's it's one of those things that you put it in there. Yeah. So when you're in your writing, using the words of writing, um, one person said she could be accused of crossing fully into the category of one-dimensional villain with regard to the Emperor. And I'm like, if you have a character realizing that they could be considered a one-dimensional villain, you then, as an author, have to do the work to convince me that they're not a one-dimensional villain. But he doesn't do the work. They just they just stay a one-dimensional villain. <laughs> and, and they it, know about this. And they know about it, and he doesn't do the work to stop that. Well, can, can I ask you something? What's that? If in your life, you go through your life, do you sometimes look at yourself and think things like that? Yeah. Do you think like, oh... Um, yeah, but here's the thing. I also do things. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I never, I, I'm not I never look just... at myself like, oh, I am in, in I'm uh, a pawn or a, a no, character that's in, not my point. In, in a thing. It's okay for me to have those thoughts and even to tell you those thoughts. Like, oh, in this situation, I probably did something wrong. Like for a long time, I was an idiot about this subject mm. and now I've changed my mind. But I don't only exist as words on a page of somebody talking about me. Mm. I... And here's the thing, I know it's so weird to say this on a meta level, but I exist. Mm. I do things. Mm. I make things. I go for bike rides. I yes. make computer but games. Also, I juggle. I travel the world. I visited you, 150 countries. But you also talk about things and reflect things. Yes, but also I have actually done those things. Yes, no, I get I know, it. It sounds so no, crazy I get making, I get it. but you can't just have people talking about doing things. And, and but, of course, in a book, question, nobody's actually doing something because it's fiction. Nothing yes. in the book has actually but happened. My question here goes more in the, in the uh, category of do you actually think in your head, you, you, you make a statement and then you think something like, um, oh, that, uh, that was a, 
what, what did he say? Like a clever punchline. No, that, yeah. but do you, do people think that? Yes. About consciously about yeah. them. Do of course, you... sometimes I say, I'll say something and I was like, hmm, that was a really clever thing to say. Or like a, like a turn of phrase. That was a good line. That, you know, you say these kind of things. We do it like sometimes, like when I, back when I was back in the before times when I was doing comedy shows and mm. stuff, all the time people will have a conversation. It'll just come in a conversation and another comedian will be like, there, use that. That's, that's, that's mm. stage. You know, it's okay to have people saying, that's a good line, by the way. Why, thank you. If they're people whose job it is, is to make good lines. And in that case, he's a politician it's not his job to do that or to comment on it mm. but it is the job of the all anyway i don't want to get too deep into this hole i'm just saying that too many times john scolsey will t like within the story of the book reference that actually there's a story going on yeah. and uses novel or wrestling or movie language to talk about that oh no not not he does the characters use that language it's about the, themselves. Yeah, no, yeah. but here's the this thing. This is what I mean. No, here's the thing. If a character uses that language, if two wrestling fans are talking and one says, yes, but "Oh, these that's... people are not," there's no. I, as far yes, as I can it's tell, not in no, dialogue. Yeah, there is no wrestling. There is no. That is no, not. No, that's not my point. That's not my point. Mm. My point is, if an author writes a line mm. with outside of dialogue and then comments, and I think that's a really good line, mm. that it's it's cheesy. Like it, it's again. It would be okay for other authors who are very self-referential and stuff yeah. to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But John Scolsey is throwing that in there and all it does is remind me that it's a shit book. Do you understand? <laughs> okay. Like, it is possible to do what he's doing, but if the book isn't good enough, you can't, you can't talk about your villains being one-dimensional on that meta level without either addressing the fact that they're not one dimensional or just saying, I know this is shit. Like it, but it's, it's this weird thing. Like you hang a lampshade on it and then you hang a lampshade on the lampshade and then you had a lampshade on the lampshade on the lampshade, you know, yeah. it's, it's this weird thing. And at the end, the, the last line of the entire book, and I'm not talking about the story. I'm talking about the acknowledgements when he's talking about like at the end, this was always meant to be a three, three books. Right. He says, and I had, had stuff planned in advance. Although I'm not sure because this, the stuff that happens in this book, it literally is the same storyline as the previous book with a slightly different outcome mm -hmm. uh, and I could give it away but it's this thing I'm an empress people are using their power against me or uh, people are sort of like to uh, scheming against me and then just as they think they're going to win I just use my power and say no I win and that's it because mm. the power that she's got is like like you know that she's got this magic box which goes out the jury this computer program which goes out and looks at all the computer systems in the entire in the entire world collects all the information you can ever need about anybody at all brings it back and just displays that information to you and only you have that power nobody so else has that power only you have the power it's it's a two it's a it's a magic box yeah so the, the magic dx machina box the, the and you know that character. you have the dx machina box and, and also and you, i think and well, i think that um that could work if then that magic box decides at some point yeah. to be its own sure. thing, goes but, away, or put it this way. goes a villain, or and then you have a balance if you're up against people of... with their own power. Yes. And the, in this, you're up against people who are plotting against you, who are literally people writing notes backwards and forwards, and you can read every note that they're passing backwards and forwards. Money going backwards and forwards between and people, you, you and you just know it all. Yeah. Like, you already know the list of all your enemies and everything they're doing, and yet they some, somehow still defeat you, and then you use your magic box to get out of the situation. Also, you've got a, you've got a spaceship, which is better and bigger than any other spaceship, which is faster and can just kill anyone it just goes around and it's okay, got Okay, so there's lots of that's convenient kind of thing. No, it's not just convenient. No. It's someone with all the most in the most powerful position with all of the, the c citizens all happy with her. Yeah. 
with the most powerful tools, including the the recorded memories of every emperor up until that point, yeah. every emperor up until that mm. point. Okay, mm. um, all of that, a box which goes out and just reads knowledge everywhere that you want to go, as uh, your own spaceship which can travel faster than any other spaceship and go better than any other spaceship. Mm. Advisors, uh, people who love her, lots of houses who are on her side. After all of that, she still somehow manages to get to the point where she she's defeated, and then is sort of like, I better use this power just to make everything right again mm. and does she did that in the first book she does it in this book and then it ends and i'm just like what so why are we just doing actually, the same thing what again? is actually the last sentence and the acknowledgement? Oh, oh yeah in the acknowledgements this was a very satisfying writing experience for for me i hope it was as satisfying for you as well thank you for coming along with me this was a very satisfying experience for me i hope it was as satisfying for you as well thank you for coming along with me that's like saying after somebody has had sex, saying, I've just had sex, and now I'm going to tell you about having sex. And then when they finished telling you about having sex, I said, well, that was very satisfying for me. I hope that was as satisfying for you as it was for me. And I'm like, no, because this story happened to you. This is all in your, like when they're doing that walking talk, you know what corridors that, you know what the corridors that the walking down look like. I never knew what they look like. When there's a space battle goes on, you know what it looks like. I don't know what it looks like because you never describe it. You just tell me what it's afterwards. You understand that? Like, it's yeah. like somebody, or it's like saying, here's some porno. Is that as satisfying for you as it was for those people? I was like, well, it could be if you allow me to masturbate, but I can't even masturbate because I don't have a penis because you haven't written that, like, you haven't even described what my penis looks like. Oh, not even penis, but just uh, genitals. I, I have no genitals. Like, you're, you're, telling, you're telling me what it's like for you to watch porn. It, it, that's what it feels like. This is this was very satisfying writing experience for me. I hope it was as satisfying for you as well. It's like no, it isn't because you had a satisfying experience writing it. You live this story. You got to experience the story, and you never gave us that stuff for us to also be able to experience it. Right? Do you understand? Yes. Like. And also he says it was a very satisfying writing experience for me. Here's the thing. I've written novels. I've written some novels. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a professional author, but I've written some novels. I know what it's like to be satisfied writing a writing. novel. Yeah. Also, I've listened to podcasts about other people who have written novels. You know, I just said I listened to the podcast mm -hmm. about uh, with um, with Peter F. Hamilton, where he's talking about salvation. And yeah. it was interesting because he like he pretty much said, yes, this book, I of course I'm referencing that book. There's that yeah, book yeah. in there, you know, yeah. these other kind of yeah. things and talking about the politics and the yeah. utopian ideals and stuff. He's talking about that kind of stuff. And it's interesting, he says, well, I don't really have chance to read other people's books very much because I'm mostly writing my, my own, own stuff. stuff. Like, yeah. it takes me about six months to a year to write a novel. I've written 18 of them or whatever, yeah. like that kind of... Yeah. Oh, no, that was Alistair Reynolds in that blog post I read about him. Yeah. Uh, him talking about writing experiences as well. Um, and in that book... Alistair, no, in that blog post, Alistair Reynolds even says the, the 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 hidden work of the author isn't just coming up with a plot. It's doing the work when they say, oh, in my outline, it's of Mary and Jason went back to Mary's house. They, they decided to go back to Mary's house and did this. And he's sort of like, the hard part is to have, you know, to work out why did they decide to go back to Mary's house? Why not go to Jason's house? What does it all mean? So that working through yeah. of the the motivations and the decisions that characters are making and making making sure it goes in the direction that the plot says is the hard work of being right. an author yes. and the satisfying work of being the author. John Scalzi doesn't even do that. He just says, he, he'd just be like, oh, and then they went back to Mary's house and you could be thinking, why not Jason's? But that's just taken away from you. All yes. of that drama, all that decision, all yeah. those, all those the, like I say, the stuff that Alistair Reynolds said in this latest blog post of his, Translates the stuff which is the hard work of writing the novel, yeah. 
which is working out why people are doing stuff, working through all the motivations, and then it, like expressing it and convincing the reader that mm. it, that and was the right course the of action, upon, and then showing yeah. those actions. That's the hard part. Whereas John Scalzi just skips all of that. He just like he'll just go, oh, and this happened between here and the last chapter. I'm like the hard the what Alistair Reynolds says is, which is the hard work of doing the writing of just, writing a novel. You're just skipping over yeah. that and you're just doing the easy bits, which is what we could do if we if somebody had already done the hard work. We see what the story, and then yeah. we have a conversation about it. Yeah. That's the easy work. Yes. Having the conversation is the easy work. Doing yeah. the hard stuff is the hard work. Anyway, yeah. I've, I've realized we've talked an hour about I know, I know. You, you talked a lot about this. I want to have just one little glimpse upon how, yeah. how I process what you just said. Yeah, yeah, go for it. It's like, they're often, especially in uh, contemporary music, when the music doesn't seem to be very coherent when you listen mm. it for the first time, and there's music that is very, very satisfying for the performer. Yes. So you practice it and then you think like, nah, that's not really good. But then you practice it uh, a third time and a fourth time and a tenth time. Yeah. And then something crystallizes out for you. Yeah. And you really enjoy then practicing and doing yeah. it because it's then fun. Yeah. Then you perform it once. Yeah. You perform it for a person who's never heard it before. Yeah. Who's only ever going to experience it once. Yep. Yeah then you are very excited. It's a good performance. You yeah. really enjoy yourself. And the people sit there and think like, ah, this, this, is, this, this doesn't like make sense. Noise. It's really random and yeah. doesn't make sense. That would be like as if you then would stand on stage only performing the little bits that you found very, very, very satisfying. Yeah. Taken out of the whole All context. context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just performing this uh, one one pr progression from one chord to the other yeah. like that, which is amazing in this piece and you found this is like your yeah. your uh, pinnacle of this piece yeah. and then you perform that and the person sits there and thinks like yeah um that yeah okay but they haven't heard any of the other things yeah. and that's and the thing like only the, heard it once okay to take your musical analogy this book is like listening to a um a song with lots of samples in it. Yeah. Uh, but just listening to some of the samples, but not even the the main s main melody and the someone singing, because you can yeah. listen to something which is just someone singing a, a song, like just the a cappella version. Yeah. And if you hear just the a cappella version of a song, you'd be like, oh, that's okay, I can still follow it. Yeah. But just imagine listening to Bohemian Rhapsody and not hearing like all the piano all the way through, or just the bass all the way through, or yeah. even just the drums all the way through, but just sort of like yeah, like you say, just a, a little a drum fill here. And yeah. a drum fill there, and a drum fill there, and it's sort of like, oh, we just had the drum fills. It's like, because, yes, drum fills. Because for the, for the yeah. performer, that was the most satisfying <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, it, it, and this book is like, it, it's like having an, a, like an abridged, it's like reading an abridged version, but where you're not, where instead of just sort of like chopping out the stuff that doesn't matter, you chop out everything, and then you just get people talking about what happened. You know, yeah. It, yeah. that's the crazy thing about it. Yeah. This was a very satisfying writing experience for me. I hope it was as satisfying for you as well. Thank you for coming along with me. And I think that's where I've got to read it. Because this is somebody who... John Scalzi is somebody who is, obviously has talent. He's got a great authorial voice. He's writing fun stuff. Yeah. And I went into this book knowing exactly what kind of book it was going to be. And it, it was. And it was that kind of book. But yeah. I had... I kind of had this like meta-realization of what I'm getting. This book is like listening to a podcast where people talk about a movie which is impossible for you to watch. Yes. I think that's a good end point. Of people doing something which, what? That's a good end point. Yeah, but that's the thing. I want a participatory experience yes. in my reading. 
and John Scalzi takes away the participatory na nature of it. Yeah, and we uh, don't we don't even know. We we never will know. We never will know because the book that he's the the story that he has his characters talking about doesn't exist. Yes. Like there isn't a, there isn't there like overall there is a story there, but it only exists exists mediated through other people. Unlike right. some of these other books, which could take the same format, you know, where right. something happens and you hear people talking about it and stuff like that. There is a way of making story and character development exist with just two people talking. It's called yeah. a radio play. It works. It's okay to have yeah. story existing within a conversation. Yeah. Or a story existing purely within conversation about someone says something, someone reacts to it. Yeah. That's what we do. That's that's what radio dramas are. There is a form of that. Right. Or you just read a script and you're like, oh, okay, we cut out all the stage direction, but story is happening here within this. Yeah, yeah. And he's writing a book which th it thinks there's a story happening within the book, but it, it just isn't. Like I say, there's there's literally four moments of story in one chapter where somebody is actually doing something. And again, it doesn't matter because it's just idiot work. Yeah. Like, can I be slightly less of an idiot than other people around me? It turns out, yes, she can. She can beat idiots. Yeah. So now we come to this point. After an hour. After an hour yeah. of, of you and uh, me uh, having a conversation about the book that yeah. you described uh, as a, a... Garbage book. A, yes, a, a garbage book. Um, what does this make in the rating then? Well, here's the thing. I, I looking back, I honestly can't believe I gave the previous two books three stars. <laughs> I honestly, because like all I think is it was this. But the thing is, those books weren't this bad. Okay, so this is like this is this literally is... a rehash of the plot of the previous book, but without the space battles. Right. You know, in the previous book, I was really annoyed that there was going to be a space battle, and what happened was that oh, the the super powerful AI with the much better ship just took over, and the people and, then... and the people on the ship didn't mm -hmm. have anything to contribute. Mm. Like literally, they were saying, oh, that person is manning that station, and the computer goes, well, I don't really need someone manning that station, but it makes them feel good about themselves. It mm -hmm. gives them something to do. Mm. Like the space battle was played out in those terms. Yes. Okay. So, and in this book, actually, let me just quickly go back to oh, where's the book? Oh, let me go back over to the. Where's your, this works differently. Uh, leave book open. Uh, cancel. I don't know what's going on. Um, but let me let me uh, now read to you. I'm going to read to you the space battle in this book. I, how unsatisfying that space battle was in the previous book, in the Consuming mm -hmm. Fire. Mm -hmm. This is the space battle that happens in this book. The battle of end was hardly that. The prophecies of Raquel surrendered to the end expeditionary force without a single shot being fired. And the other ships of the Raquel's ad hoc task force, those crews who were still mostly alive, surrendered almost as quickly. Okay, no, no space battle in the epilogue then. No, what I'm saying is, no matter how little action the space battle in the previous book actually contributed, how much little drama was there was even, contributing, even less. That what, uh, no matter how disappointed I was in the previous book of how disappointing the space battle was, yeah. that it was a computer-controlled, predetermined outcome, but people were still there and doing stuff, and they were saying, oh, this person's got this motivation, oh, right, and they're deciding this, oh, it doesn't matter like that. No matter what happened in the previous book that was disappointing, I just read out to you the only space battle in this book. Which didn't happen. Which didn't happen. Okay. Do you understand what I'm getting yeah, no, at now? I, I, I totally, no matter I think, how bad the previous book was, even think, the stuff which was happening in that book is written out of this book. 
John Scalzi keeps saying I'm uh, d delivering my books late and there people are really rushing about it. And this is the thing. Um, this is Colin Forbes says here. The acknowledgments contain another apology for the late delivery of the book to his publisher and for the extra pressure that puts them under. I think that Scalzi needs an editor who will actually tell him to go back and rework things, even if that means the book doesn't get published on time. Obviously, I don't really know what the working relationship was like, but I get the impression as a science fiction A-lister, he gets away with more than he ought to. This book is garbage. You can't have the only space battle in a space opera book be one chapter of the epilogue where the space battle doesn't happen. No, one sentence. Not chapter. One sentence in the epilogue. No, one... I was meant one to say paragraph. one paragraph, but actually now I look at it, yeah, there's a few commas and a semicolon. There's... It's it, it, a one-sentence non-space battle. That's an achievement. Now, I, I can understand that if you come out and you're like, we, we did it without a shot being fired. That's it's, great. A shot not being fired doesn't mean that there's no space battle. There can still yes. be positioning, yeah, yeah. posturing, uh, brinksmanship. D d diplomacy. Diplomacy, uh, 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 you know, a, a game of chicken where two spaceships yeah. go ahead against each other. There's many ways of having a fun spaceship adventure between two <laughs> enemies without a single shot being fired. It feels and lazy. it's called the Battle of End. <laughs> It feels lazy. And then it says, was hardly that. Hey, space battle time in the epilogue. And it's all like, nah, not a space battle. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck you, John Scalzi. The previous books I gave three stars to because at least there was, even if it was unsatisfying, at least there was like the, mo the most unsatisfying space battle I've ever read. It existed in the book. It was there in the book. It okay. actually happened in the okay. book. Here, the hey, Battle of End was hey, hardly that. Hey, uh, That's literally the first line hey, of the epilogue. Okay, now I need to calm this down because now after an hour and seven minutes, five minutes later than when I actually thought we could wrap this up. I'm wrapping it up. No, I'm no, saying no, no, what no. my rating you're, is. You're, you are ranting. Everything that I've talked about so far was at the meta level of like, yeah. a book like this could be good. Yes. But we it all, isn't because of these things. We all now got to know that. Now, now I want to hear your rating for fuck's sake. One star. Okay. And again, I, for, for looking back, it astounds me that I get. I just want to say, it astounds me that I gave the previous th two books three stars. But this book is such a nosedive after those other ones. So it's not like the first book was really good, then the second one was really... Here's the thing. There was... Story did happen in the first book. Characters moved around. Characters yeah. went on journeys. Yes. And we got to know the characters And we got to know the, the characters. Time, so getting to know yeah. a world, getting to know the characters yeah. is fun, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The second book had less getting to know the characters, getting to know the world. But there was still, you know, some stuff happening, you know, different stuff. Yeah. But here... The story is the same. The space battles have been removed. The the couples are already fallen in love and together with people and settled down. And they have fights and then they make up and everything's fine about it. And these yeah. people separate. Oh, they get together. Yeah. Like everyone is happy in their relationship. Everything is just smooth and easy for them, except for this stupid. Po so it, it is oh. basically an unnecessary book. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's an unnecessary it series. It, there's nothing in it. If you want to read the first book, read the first book. And then I would say, just stop. Yeah. The first book was fine. Okay. The okay. first book was three stars. And again, I can't believe I gave the second book three stars. But again, there was there must have been something there. In maybe, this book, maybe it was my opinion. I don't remember. I don't know. But there's, there was, there's nothing in this book. Every Any kind of storyline that you think is happening that's important happened in the previous book. And they're just doing it again. Okay. And then, yeah, it's... It's just, it's just not, not a thing. And then I got some... There's major plot points which I don't even want to go into for spoiler reasons. Right. But 
No, don't like, just just leave it. I think we should wrap this up at this point. No, it's not that I'm angry about it. No, because but, like I knew I went into it knowing it was a garbage book. And um, me saying fuck you, Scalzi, and saying the battle of end was hardly that, and then finishing it less than like by the end of the sentence, the battle is finished. Yeah. It's obviously the thing is I don't even know if that's an intentional choice by John Scalzi. Like, oh, I'm going to write a space opera with no space battles in it. Like, could that? Be, and if that is, but it feels accidental. It feels literally like. Um, uh, uh, but I get the impression that as a science fiction a-lister, he gets away with more than he ought to. That this book is feels like somebody has been like, oh shit, I've got like three weeks to write a book. Just went down stream of consciousness right down, down scribbled down whatever's happening and I know he does this because oh. he's talked about this before he's actually said I've seen in an interview he's like oh and I just submitted the book and it was my first draft and I submitted to it and they were like that's great we're going with this and I'm like yes. John Scalzi you gotta do better yes this reminds me I just um, uh, I have still some friends who are still in university writing their thesis now yeah I got a thesis to read yeah. to give some feedback to yeah. and I started reading it I and thought, it felt like a first draft yeah. But the thing is, I don't believe that would be a first draft It's a university thesis. I know John Scalzi submits first drafts, and I know he gets away with more than he ought to. He puts people yeah. under too much pressure. This book is not fit for purpose, yeah. if you could say, if, to use but politics I talk. But I gave my honest feedback yeah. to the person had, who oh, gave it oh, to me. Oh, you did, did you? I did. What did they say because back I to you? Because I can't, I don't have You can't a, not. I can't, I can't, I cannot say, oh, I didn't read it, I did not have time. I can't do that. So I was literally out of the three people or four people she gave it to, the only person who said, look, the beginning of this is shit. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. And it's, it's not communicating it's, it's what you not, think it is. It's yeah. not your point. In, in the main part of the thesis where I then uh, ended up, yeah. I didn't even finish reading the main yeah. part, but I read and I thought, yeah, there was some thought going into it. This is where she did the work. And the beginning bit... Didn't do the work. There was nothing there. Yeah. Need so to do I, the work. And I told her, okay even before you have a week to, to hand it in but read through it read it out loud to yourself yeah and then you will see that this is not this is incoherent and it doesn't make any yeah. sense and then she wrote back oh thanks for your feedback yes that is absolutely right yeah and, and this I just, is what needed yeah, to be <laughs> you just you just need someone to say john scolzi john scolzi I know you can do better because I read Red Shirts and there was thought that when it's that stuff was happening, characters were doing things and there's all that. But just give this, give this guy more time. Why, yeah. What's the issue? He needs why to give himself book, more time. Why does a book have to come out? He's writing, probably on a yearly schedule. All these authors are on a yearly schedule. This is bush. This is, this is rubbish. If, if this is, if it needs to happen like that. I if wouldn't put my author, name on this. Like if this if, was my, if, if you, this was my first novel and I gave author, this. And you, this is like you, you have things that happen and, yeah. and, and, and then if you get if you get then uh, pressured yeah. to deliver something, then just deliver yeah, nothing. Yeah, that's what makes it so sad to me that like, this is a book which is, and I know it's it's got what, 4.09 stars? And it's just, it's it's a book which even the author is like, nah, I could probably do better, but this oh. is fine. And I really, I'm really disappointed that people read a book like this and like, oh, this is fine. It's so not fine, but it works now. Like, yeah. I don't think, I think 20 years ago, if you wrote a book like, well, actually, um, here's the thing, I was going to say that, but then on Basilisk Station, it isn't this bad. The thing is, it, even that's not this bad, if yeah. you know what I mean, even yeah. if I rated it worse than this. Yeah. But it's one of those things that, like, it feels like you can only get away with this because people are now used to not 
consuming. Not consuming the thing itself. Yes. They're so used to consuming things that people are saying about the thing itself. Yes. Does it, you know what no, I mean? It absolutely does. And that, that's why it feels like he, you, John Scalzi can get away with this because people like hearing John Scalzi talk about something on his blog. Like when he talks about politics or, or something yeah. like that, I like reading what John Scalzi has to say because he's got a good voice and he's got fun opinions. But here's the thing. John Scalzi on his blog is writing about things that are really happening. Like yeah. he's writing about politics that are really happening. He's yeah. talking about and Trump in this way. To him, so. but, yeah, and things that are really happening to him. That yeah. So I'm reading what his opinions are on the world. Again, I'm going back to this point again, but like it's okay to write like John Scalzi does if it's something that's actually happening. Right. And people are tricked by John Scalzi that he's writing about things that aren't happening, that you can't experience and can't see yeah, or yeah. do yourself. Yeah. And his writing is in the way that are like, oh, we all know what's going on. Let me have two yeah. people talking about it. And, and I'm like, if, no, but we if don't. If I would read this book, I wouldn't even notice that because what happens in my head when I'm reading a book, yeah. my brain fills in things yeah. that my brain thinks that is how it works. Yes, but you can do... But the thing is... the. Other things have done the work. If I say to you, oh, and we get onto a spaceship, what spaceship are you imagining? You're imagining, I don't know. Uh, a grey metal box. A, a grey metal box. Okay, you can be thinking, oh, spaceship. Are we talking about, like, in the 1960s, going to the moon, Apollo? Yeah. Are we talking about these days we can talk about? Oh, well, it's pretty much the same kind of technology. But then we can yeah. say, are we talking Star Trek? Are we talking Star Wars? Are we talking Battlestar Galactica? I'm more thinking... Uh, um... What's a uh, uh, serenity? This kind serenity. Of, okay, like the serenity. A big, big, like bulky yeah, like a, metal. A, a thing that, yeah. Dirty box. That's totally fine. <laughs> serenity has done the work for you to do that. Yes. If you know, I've talked about this before, even with the previous Bobbyverse one. Yes. I was sort of like, and then this person who looked exactly like um, uh, Picard, and I'm like, yeah, we. I know who that is, but like, if I don't know what that person is, you haven't described them. You've yes. referenced something. Yes. Even that is more than John Scalzi is doing there. Yeah. Like, even if I say to you, oh, and the star, the starship looked a bit like the, the, the whatever from the, the, from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Like, and, and then the, and this one, this robot looked a bit like that. At least you're not doing the work, but you're referencing work that somebody who has done to put an image in my head. Yes. John Scalzi doesn't even put in the okay, work well, of picking I, a reference well, to like, make you think yes, what something think, looks like. I think that the best the best thing that you uh, described here was they walk down a corridor. Now tell me what how no, does the corridor look like? No, I don't know if they walk down a corridor oh, or they, not. It wasn't even said. No, that they it walk. was just like I'm going here. You, I don't have time to talk to you now, but it's important, and I've got five minutes before this other meeting. Walk with me. And we'll talk. And that's it. That was the... I don't know if they walked on a corridor. I don't know how big the palace is. I don't know... Like, it's... Oh, it's, it's a palace. Yeah, maybe. I don't even... Okay. Like, the thing is, at that point, I'm not... In, at some point, they described, like, oh, and there were some Where prisons were, over that yeah. thing. Then there was another place over there. But it's so, like, wishy-washy. Again, that stuff was set up in the first book. Maybe they described the palace more in the second book. But at the point of this... Yes. Nothing is... He's not even referencing something that a ship might look like or what anybody might look like. Yes. Nobody is described in this book. Nobody's face is described. Nobody's body is described. Nobody's clothes are described. Yes. No ship is described. Nothing is that... It, it's not even referenced what it might look like. And that's the thing. It it's can look, so look, It looks... I know, lazy. I know. It looks like the human being in uh, in uh, um, community. Yeah, it's all like, and they're a human being. What what kind of okay. human being uh, it's is a, it? A white person with a creepy. Yeah, face and I'm kind on. of like left to work out at one, like some <laughs> points sort of like, hmm, what 
is that like is that a ma- male or female or like well, is I it a C or a ver like, or something yeah, like that? But what, uh, I don't even need to know that. But like just no, something? but not, there's not even that. Like at some point they talk about stuff, and I was like, mm, not even sure the gender. Not that gender is important, but like I don't even know. Like mm. there was this captain called Robinette, and I was like, is that a male or a female? It sort of like seems like a random name, and it was a fake name, so it could be a random name. Mm. It says in the acknowledgments, he he named it after. Um, uh, Mary Robinette Cowell and I was like oh okay that yeah, makes sense yeah well that makes sense that was um, the first uh, um... Robinette that you thought of yeah yeah but then is the only way I could recognise who this captain is going to look like is if I then know uh, how she looks like she... oh man you know I was just suddenly thinking back to the calculating stars I would love oh, no. to read the calculating stars after this book like really? there's so much happened in that book <laughs> A lot of it was just conversations, but people were actually doing stuff and reacting to things. And there was character development. Okay, now we've been on oh. a re- now we are on a really low point. I can't and believe it. And this is it. now one hour and seventeen minutes now. In fifteen minutes I've got after such the fond run. memories okay. of the calculating now stars. Now we're at the bottom of it. Calculating stars was You're, a book. The review that I cut that? off at the I cut that was yes. a review I cut off at the end because I, I was so angry about yeah. that book. And now you're wanting to go back to I that book. I would love a book as good as that. I would love a book. And you know, it's still telling she puts, me you she did puts this so book much one work star. into that. I'm just I'm no. Just... But the thing is, because I went into it, like I say, I uh, this uh, the enjoyment I had about this was going into it. it uh, I think you can go into a book thinking, oh, this is going to be great, and then be really disappointed. I went into the book with super low this expectations. This is going to be really, really bad. And I got and I worked out like the idea, th- like the, the like that me discovering that concept of that this is the 2020 book because it's yeah. a book which is reflected it's to other people. It was kind of worth it for me. And John Scalzi, by his shit writing, made me realize right. that w- w- the style of writing or the reading that I want is participatory. Yes. And the, the action that I want, the hobbies that I want. Yes. I realize that's why I'm not a fan of things. Like, yes. the, And the things that I'm a fan of is something that I can be participatory in. Yes. If I want to be. Yes. Although, to be honest, uh, the one time that I'm a fan of racing, motor racing, and the one time we went karting, we both got so ill that we had to stop. Like, so, <laughs> but we did. Yeah. We did. And <laughs> but it was possible for us to participate. Well, I was saying, okay, yeah. there's more than that. What I was saying is, oh, like, yes. if I'm a fan of something, it's something that I am also participatory in. Yes. Like, I'm a huge fan of other jugglers, but and it's because I literally juggle with yes. them and talk and with them. And also with tennis, you're not participating, but, for example, you're using the uh, the game design system in your own it, things. Yes. Uh, so this well, is like... That's even to the side of it. But I'm participating in watching tennis with yes. other people and yeah. then if I listen to a podcast about other people who've watched tennis I can have watched the same tennis I can have opinions right. about I can have different opinions about the same players because I could have seen a match that they've not seen I could have followed their career yes. in some no, way I think by now what the point is made has been made several so times so one star one which star. is I think is I think I'm overrating this book with one star okay thank you so much to um, the uh, publisher let me just type in this one here uh, skull skullzy if I type that in am I going to oh no I don't I don't have it there um who oh media request oh no that's something else uh, I was just going to say thank you to whoever it was who emailed me with this book and uh, about this and said hey do you want to review this book thank you for sending me this book because I wouldn't have had this experience without getting this book for free because I'm not sure if I would have bought that book yeah. the third book so getting it for free was great um if you also want to also, I think same we, kind of experience. Read I think it, we but, haven't had this kind of ramble for quite some time now. Yeah, because I think I've been picking good books. Be, people are going to be happy about yeah. this, weirdly enough. But All right, let's wrap it up I there. I think this is it. One star. Uh, you can email me Luke at juggler.net. You can be our friends on Goodreads. Like I say, if you if you're my friend on Goodreads, and then I read the same book as you, I can see what you like. Lindsay uh, Scott rated it five stars. Rick rated it three stars. Colin rated it three stars. Again, I don't want to say, oh, you're all idiots for liking this book so much, but 
it is it is I don't want it I don't want to like do anyone down if they've enjoyed this book yeah I'm saying the kind of book that this is isn't something that I can enjoy because I'm not good at just imagining something you myself you kind of had an epiphany on if and if I am good at imagining something mm -hmm. myself being forced to do that work annoys me as someone who likes reading books where the author has done a lot of work. Right. Do you understand? Yes. Like Alistair Reynolds uh, like said in his in his blog post, like Peter F. Hamilton the said. The hard so like, needs to he, be done. Peter F. Hamilton said, look, I came up with these portals idea and before I could even start, before I even decided what the story is, it took me about six months of thinking through the economy of a place where there's portals and energy and coming up with the currency and how all yep. that works. He says that was six months of work I put into that and and then the story came out of that. Like, if you had this kind of technology and this kind of economy, what jobs would you need? Went through them, picked out the most interesting job. Ah, that's the most interesting job. Made that person doing the interesting job as and someone who uses it. And do them. And then, then say, all right, that's now my main character for this story. And then how would they use the skills in that job to solve problems that come up? And John Scalzi says, hmm, an emperor. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm yes. saying? No, I like, get it. The work that uh, Peter F. Hamilton puts into an entire economy, which is based on portals, and then picks out the most interesting story from that is satisfying. It, it, make, it, it gives me joy as a reader to read somebody who has put in that much work. Yes. And even if you, enjoy, you can enjoy this, like I'm saying, I can't enjoy reading a book where I see how little effort the author has put in. Yes. Like he's, and this is very... And he's put that effort onto me and, and then taken away my possible enjoyment of that. And if you can read a book like this and get that enjoyment out of it, great. Because like I say, it's fun conversations with yep. fun people and yep. fun stuff is happening. But for me, I can't get that enjoyment. So I'm not doing anyone down who can get enjoyment out of that. I'm just saying that's not me. Well, this is your podcast. You are talking yes. here about what you do right. and how you think about it. That's it. Okay. Oh, follow me on Instagram and also become a patron. Patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. You can, you can support us at $1 a month, which is actually really handy this year with our, oh, yeah. with our uh, lack of income at the moment. Juliana's still working. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.